This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome to the NBA Morning Goose. For Monday, March 15th, March Madness. Now it's March Madness. The brackets came out today. We should just do a bracket special. This is the NBA Morning Deuce bracket special. What do you think, no. Alex? No, I don't think so. No. <laughs> the I mean, NBA was so awesome tonight. I don't feel like it's just so really? stressful. Yeah, I don't think stuff. anything else came. There was nothing important to talk about in the NBA this weekend. I think we should just mm. talk about college basketball, brackets. That's all anybody wants to hear about. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, I don't think they're getting through that bracket. I don't think they're going anywhere close to it. But Yeah, you're probably right. I don't even know. I, I didn't is Duke even done? Know. Is Duke season done, or is that just the ACC tournament? I, I literally I don't, don't know. know. I don't know. Virginia had to get pulled out of that tournament, too, because of COVID. Yeah, yeah. I, I honestly did not even realize it was Selection Sunday today. I, I, yeah, I, I, really, I, I visited my parents today, and he had it on. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, it's, it's Selection Sunday. No, wild. Uh, no, there was a lot to talk about in the NBA, especially today. And there are some, a couple of stories from the weekend that we probably need to uh, get into. Probably the best story of the season happened on Saturday. We'll talk about that later on in the show. But uh, let's start with Sunday night's games because there was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine games to talk about. But we will start with one Anthony Edwards, who since the all-star break has exploded and is suddenly just an absolute monster for this team who has now won two of their last three. Chris Finch inching closer to being coach of the year. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> the, Minnesota strong, Tim- but... the Minnesota Timberwolves are – one of the hottest teams in the NBA right now. No, I mean, no, they're not. But Anthony Edwards, career high, 34 points tonight on Sunday night against the Blazers, outdueled Damian Lillard. He, I mean, he looks incredible. He's averaging, I wrote it down here somewhere in my weird notes, 27 a game over these last three games since they came back from All-Star break. Starting to look legitimately like the first pick in the draft. And maybe this is a Chris Finch thing. Maybe he just unleashed Anthony Edwards and was like, hey, man, we've won seven games. Just go do your thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's exactly what it is because he's flashed a bunch, but it just hasn't been anything close to this consistency. It's like a reverse rookie wall almost. Like he he crashed through and now he could have this incredible second half. The thing that like strikes me about him is he'll do stuff that a bunch of guys in the league can do and they're very impressive, but it just looks cooler when he does it. Like Tracy McGrady, like I I just loved him growing up because he would do shit and it just looks awesome. And Anthony Edwards is the same way. He had a, he like split a double team and had this dunk the night that was electric. Yeah. That's going to be a top shot. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And uh, a a sidestep three. I don't even like, it wasn't a step back. It was a legitimate sidestep. James Harden does that a lot actually, but it was beautiful. It was he, super fun to watch tonight. Yeah, he also, dude, he's always smiling. Yeah. He's always smiling. You yeah. know what it reminds me of? Well, first of all, Kemba. Because when I, you know, when I was mm-hmm. with Kemba, that dude is always smiling on the floor. But it also, you remember early days in Carolina when Cam Newton first started in mm-hmm. the NFL? Yeah, yeah. That dude would get just his head taken off, and then he'd get up and he'd be smiling. Like, yeah. you know what? I like watching this dude. He's just always happy. To be playing football. Yeah, that's a great I feel point. The same way Anthony Edwards is always, he's always smiling. He's always in a good mood. And one thing that stuck out to me outside of all of this from the game tonight was 
I want to say it was either second or third quarter. He went up, got fouled, or I don't even know if he got fouled, but he went up and got finished. And he, I don't know if he got elbowed or hit in his ribs. He mm-hmm. came down and he definitely didn't get fouled because the Blazers came back down on offense, but he was under the rim laying there. He, he left the game. It looked like he was actually really hurt. And as soon as the possession for the Blazers, I don't know, the T-Wolves either fouled or whatever, four guys. It wasn't one or two guys. All four guys sprinted back down to the other end to get to pick him up. Wow. And it's just like, that's not happening for every player in the NBA. Definitely just not. not. No. It's just not. Yeah. So it's, it's, it, you could tell these guys, not only, not only that he's, his talent level is absurd, which we've seen, mm-hmm. but these guys like him. They like playing with him. And how could you not, you know, he's just, I don't know. The couple of times I've heard him talk, it's just like, uh, I'm trying to think of the word. It's just, you just feel it. Like, you're just like, this guy's happy. It makes me happy. Like he's cool as hell. Great teeth as well. I think that's the <laughs> smile thing. His teeth are fantastic. But. Yeah. And, and then we didn't even talk about after the, we, we just sort of missed because we probably recorded before we even saw it come out. But the, after the T-Wolves got their first win mm-hmm. and everyone was dumping water on Chris Finch for getting his first win as an NBA head coach. And Anthony Edwards didn't know that that was a tradition so once all the players were walking back to their seats, he just comes running out of nowhere and dumps his water bottle on Chris Finch because <laughs> he didn't know what he was like. Well, I didn't know what was going on. Mm-hmm. It's just, he's literally just like you said, he's just like a kid out there having fun playing basketball. He's 19 years old. And but you watch him on the floor. You're like, this guy is going to be uh, I eventually, maybe sooner than later, at, towards the top of the league, at least as a scorer, because he looks mm-hmm. unstoppable. He does. I mean, the tools are there to be an elite scorer. I mean, that's not even a question anymore. Yep. And also one of his best plays of the game was at the end of the game, they were up four or five, whatever it was, like one of the, one of Portland's last possessions. They inbounded it to Damian Lillard in the corner, and Dame couldn't do anything. Anthony Edwards got switched onto him, and he just locked him up. He couldn't do it. He couldn't get that his – it's tougher for him to get his step back in the corner because of how far he steps. He can't do it. Cause you know, mm-hmm. when he's out on the wing, so he narrow steps, out there. Yeah. He also steps so far back on his step back, but still, I think there's a lot of guys that would have bit on something, he, but he's just so long and athletic. Mm-hmm. Dame couldn't get anything. He, the shot he got off was terrible. Um, it was just, a, it's been really impressive watching him. And, you know, part of this is maybe it's just partially, it's just that Chris Finch is coaching with a, with, the most autonomy that any coach can have. He came in halfway through the season, took over a team that won seven games. He can't, he can't lose. I mean, they could lose every game the rest of the season. His job's safe. Yep. So he probably did go and say like, guys, we've had, we're having a bad year. We're probably not a playoff team. The weight's off. Let's just go out there and play. And that's what yep. they're doing. It's pretty impressive. I mean, it, it really is impressive. It's, it is what it is, but he, what he's, what, what Anthony Edwards and he looks good. Him and Cat, they still don't have D'Angelo Russell. They don't have Malik. They don't have Malik Beasley. Mm-hmm. I told you a while back. I was like, this team has the opportunity when they're totally healthy to be one of the best offensive teams in the league. Yeah, and then there's other guys on this roster, like other lottery, like a Koji, uh, Jared Culver. Like he's not healthy at the moment, but yep. a lot of talent. The other thing is, like, it was a career high 34, and they win, but it was a good win because Damian Lillard was an inch away from Dame time. Honestly, he had 38. Yeah. It was a furious, like, I mean, they would not go away at the end of this game. Mm-hmm. So really impressive win. Good yep. stuff. Yep. Um, all right. Elsewhere, let's talk about the Sixers because that not only an absurd win for them on Sunday night, but one of the big stories of the weekend was Friday night, Joel Embiid looked like he could potentially be out for the year. Went up mm. for a dunk, came down, injured his knee. Uh, it looked bad. He left the game. I guess anytime he goes down, it, it looks bad, especially it was non-contact. So you always worry with that. Turns out, what is it? A sprain? It's a, it's a bone, bruise. bone bruise. Yeah. And it, it was another hyperextension. That's the weird thing. Like there's a hyperextension that that ended up leading to a bone bruise. Yep. Um, and it was ugly as hell. And and man, I was uh, puckered up until I heard the news about uh, just a bone bruise. Scary. What's, what's the timetable? Have they set a timetable? He's going to miss time, but I, I think it's two weeks. I think it's two weeks is like the 
they'll probably reevaluate him, see where he's at there. So he's not going to play much. He he's not going to play a ton in the second half. Is my prediction. I, uh, I just I, I don't keep winning like this. He should. Well, yeah. You know, so then, yeah. so tonight, Sunday night, their first game without him on this stretch. Well, he's injured. They beat the Spurs one thirty four ninety nine. Just like what the hell? Like, yeah, what is it, that? That's because crazy. It's insane because the Spurs have been playing really well. And but the Rosen didn't play. Yeah, that that's important. Um, to me, this is a game where, like, if we're talking about executives of the year, like Daryl Morey is, to me, far and away, because all of these pieces that he got are working together. Like, Dwight Howard, 20 minutes tonight, eight points, eight rebounds. He's just playing so well on defense. But Seth Curry with 21, they won that trade by a mile. Danny Green goes four for seven from three. I mean, that Horford, did, like, Horford's a good player, playing really well, but he didn't fit here. And you turn him into Danny Green, um, it brings in Doc Rivers, who just for whatever reason, Tobias Harris is so much better with him as his coach. Um, this is the type of thing where your best player leaves and then you smoke a, a really solid team. It's got me excited. Yeah. And what well, it seems to be trending towards Doc being coach of the year at this point. Definitely. Especially yeah. right now, the way the Jazz, who we'll talk about the Jazz, the way the Jazz are playing. Um, I mean, if Philly's winning these kind of games, I don't see, I mean, the only team seemingly, I don't know, the Heat are playing pretty damn good basketball, but the only team seemingly that could catch them for that one seed is Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. But even, but but here's the thing, even if Philly gets the two seed and they still have one of the best records in the NBA, I would think Doc would be up there just because Brooklyn should be the one seed. Like, I don't think Steve Nash would get it over Doc for having a better record because Steve, like Brooklyn has the best team. Raw mm-hmm. talent wise, they're the most loaded team in the NBA right now when they're healthy, especially. But Doc is taking a team that people weren't even sure, like, what, what, what's the future of this roster? Right. Like, and are these the same? Is, core. is it, is it gonna, exactly? Is it going to get blown up? Are they, you know, does Simmons or Embiid need to be moved? Can this, can, can they ever work together? And it all still remains to be seen, obviously, in the playoffs. But yes, he's taking the same core, at least their same big three, so to speak, and turn them into, as of now, the best team in the East and playing like one of the best teams in the NBA, even without Embiid. It's crazy. Really crazy. Yeah. Great. It is a great statement win for them just saying like, mm-hmm. look, man, we're not just one guy. We're not just because Embiid's been getting a lot of credit because of MVP, the MVP run and all, or race or whatever, however you want to call it. Mm-hmm. But it's not just him, I guess. It's team effort right yeah, now. Yeah, it's a solid and everybody's bought in. Now, Spurs could not hit a shot, and that was because of good defense. But, I mean, it's this is kind of like a, a game you write off if you're the Spurs. They just couldn't fucking hit a shot. So, um, I mean, not a horrible loss for them, but just wasn't the Spurs tonight. Yeah. Uh, the East is – it's just crazy right now. You look at the whole East. Yeah, every team – that's in the, in the mix. And I feel like this has become a trend now, but Philly has won five in a row. Brooklyn's won four in a row. The Bucks have won three in a row. Miami's won four in a row. Charlotte's won three in a row. And the Hawks, who we'll talk about too, have are still undefeated with Nate McMillan since he took over. And the Pacers won, who we'll talk about in a few minutes. Yeah, yeah that's uh, an interesting story. Um, so the East is just... They're I'm rolling. Looking, the East is rolling right now. It's. I'm looking at it. The bottom five teams in the East are all on at least three game losing streaks. So it's just like the bottom of the East is terrible. And then it's so competitive in the middle and the top. Yeah. Well, the Raptors are, an, are a different story. Like they, mm-hmm. they, they're, they're still dealing with their COVID stuff. Yeah. But, I, but all right. So let's go through some of these teams. Cause a lot of these teams played tonight. So Miami beat the magic one, 102-97, that's their 11th game holding a team under 100, winning by holding a team under 100 points. It's insane. Tied with the Lakers. They've without now, Bam. Without Bam, it's, out, it's yeah. remarkable. Like I said, they've won four in a row. But here's the thing. There's some rumblings Ooh. from in South Florida from Heat Nation on Heat Twitter. Does Jimmy Butler – is it possible that Jimmy Butler – playing his way into an M- into MVP talk. Mm. They're 14 and five in games he's played since he came back from the COVID thing over the last six, 
that he's played because he missed those two games against the Hawks before the break because he had an ankle. They're in the last six that he's played. They've won six. They've won all six, six in a row. Mm-hmm. He's averaging twenty nine points, nine assists, six rebounds, and three steals, shooting like thirty four percent from three. Wow! And they're the four seed now, man. Um, my gut feeling is that the scoring is just not there, but he deserves to be in the conversation. It's just dudes are scoring so ridiculously. You know what I mean? And he's only averaging, I think, twenty one point something. So I don't, I know, but he's also averaging like eight rebounds, eight assists. I know, dude, he's having an unreal season. I just don't think he has the firepower scoring wise to do it. Whether that's fair or not, I don't know. It's not taking anything away, but I think that's a little outlandish. He should, he, I'll tell you this, the way he's playing and if it continues, he should be first team all NBA. If this play, if this level of play continues and they finish top two or three in the East, which right now it looks like they have a legitimate chance the way they're playing Mm -hmm. their schedule. Obviously we talked about, they have one of the easiest strength of schedules in the second half. And obviously in this, that's helped them already. They've played Orlando twice, but they beat the bulls who have been playing good. Mm -hmm. Their next game comes against um, the Cavs, who are fall. They are horrible. (laughs) So that, I mean, you can't count anybody out, but that'll probably be their fifth win in a row. They play Tuesday night, and then at Memphis, who got a, who had a bad loss tonight. They're up and down. They, they, this team is they're rolling at the perfect time, um, and yeah, like you said, without Bam, the offense still is not good. They're, they're we winning. know it can be. Yeah, that's that we know the offense can get this thing right. Yeah, so that's scary. You know, and and something's gonna happen. They're gonna make a move. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it seems like a foregone conclusion. It almost as feels like they're waiting it out to see who's all out there, you know, yeah. because they still, it just seems like there are, they're still to, to really try to compete. They're still a piece away. Mm-hmm. And Kelly Olenek again, look, looks the last couple games has looked incredible. That's partially because Bam's not there and he's playing the position that he probably should be playing, which is a small five, um, which you know, like, can you, I think they're going to have to figure out a way to get, you know, it's probably going to have to be that's figure out the PJ Tucker situation is interesting to monitor. Obviously the LaMarcus Aldridge thing is still interesting to monitor, but I still think the heat are not done. Like not, I shouldn't say not done. They haven't done anything, but I still think there's something coming there. Yeah. What about this, this team playing great? And it's it's weird because when you're playing so good, it's like, do you, do you make a move? But I yeah, think, I think you if you're honest with yourself about where you stack up with Brooklyn, but also this, this is this is the same story as last year. I think mm-hmm. there was a point last year where Miami was playing great basketball. And most Heat fans probably would have been like, we don't need to make a move. And then they made a move for Iguodala and Jay Crowder, and they ended up in the finals. So I think mm-hmm. you still, it's just tough because it feels like somebody's going to have to go that's playing really good basketball. Mm-hmm. which is, you know, like Kendrick, is Kendrick Nunn going to have to be part of a deal? Can they figure out a way to make a deal to get that starting four without moving a guy like Kendrick Nunn? Or Kelly Olenek. Kelly Olenek is playing really good basketball for them right now, as much as I've crushed him. I mean, he's still not a great shooter, but every he's doing everything else for them. So it's like, do you give him up? Are any of those guys, obviously P.J. Tucker is better than him, but is Marcus Aldridge better right now? I don't know, man. Guy can barely move. All right. You, I definitely think Aldridge. I mean, I would do that for sure. Um, but it depends what you have to give up. You have to yeah, match twenty four million dollars. Yeah, so that'd be tough. But I mean, I I'm just I'm super low on Kelly Olynyk. I, I just don't think he's. Yeah, but he's, but the way he's playing right now, he's playing well. Yeah, since I just, the, especially I, these last few games since the break, he's playing out of mm-hmm. his mind. Yeah, I just I feel like in the play like in the playoffs, and I mean this team could win the East. Like I don't think they will, but. I just don't think Kelly Olynyk is a guy you can be running out there in the finals for a second year in a row. But. Yeah. Yep. Uh, all right. Elsewhere in the East mentioned it. The Hawks win another one. They're now five and zero since Lloyd Pierce got fired. Nate McMillan's got this team absolutely rolling, but I think scheduling has helped them out a little bit here. Did five games. So they beat the Heat in that first game, which is not surprising. 
and it was one of Miami's worst offensive games of the year. But then they beat the Magic. They barely beat the Raptors, who were missing basically their entire roster. Then they beat the Kings, and they beat the Cavs. And then their next game is against the Rockets, who've lost 16 in a row. So uh, it's good to see them winning games, and this is probably going to get them back to uh, being a playoff team. Mm-hmm. But how real we got to see. We got to see once they start playing some decent teams. Like how real is it? But well, they, they, they also got to get DeAndre Hunter back. Like that is what you know. When, if they can get him back healthy, I think he's coming back. I mean, he's still a little bit away from it. But you know, if he comes back and is playing as well as he was early on, then I'm I'm pretty scared. This team's really really tough. Um, but yeah, the scheduling has kind of been total dog shit <laughs> the last couple of weeks. Um, yeah, I mean that they're beating up on. But that's what they should do. Yeah, that's what they weren't doing earlier in the year. They were not beating up on teams that they should be beating up on. So at least you know make, Nate McMillan's got them doing that. Um, but yeah, beating up on these bad teams. You know, Trey Young um, is sorry. I get every time I change a page on ESPN, there's like an autoplay, and, yeah, I, and I you're not hearing you're not hearing it, but I the audio comes <laughs> into my ear as yeah, well. Yeah. So, you know, Trey, I feel like he is fitting more into the flow, getting, even though he has always averaged a lot of assists, I feel like he's not taking as as many bad shots when I watch them play Mm -hmm. and other people are getting involved. So this is one of his like most subdued lines of the year. I would assume they also, it was such a blowout. He only played 28 minutes. Yeah. It's weird. Like, I mean, looking at the first, second and third, it was tight until the fourth quarter. Yeah, but I guess they, yeah. The, the fourth, they just blew just annihilated them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for the Cavs, man, they're just they are. Oh, Kevin Love is back. I didn't realize well, that. He he's been back. He he played last game. I think was his first game, but he got hurt in this oh, one. Okay. He got he only played a minute. Yeah, he he only played two minutes. He had a calf injury. So Jeez. he he just. I mean, it probably has something to do with the fact that he hasn't played mm-hmm. so long. Probably you know just hurt himself, but. He can't. He just can't stay on the floor. I wonder if they're desperately. They got. I'm sure they're desperately trying to move him. Well, that would be an option for the Heat. If they could. I mean, it'd be I option mean, for anybody. But he yeah. makes. I mean, he makes more money than Marcus Aldridge. Yeah. Is that expiring though, or no? Uh, Kevin Love. No, he, he just not last year. I think the year before he signed a big deal to stay with them. That's rough, man. That's that's bad management. I gotta. Say. I mean, that's. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, he's making $30 million the next three years. So. <laughs> yeah, like, how are you going to move him? <laughs> Unless you buy him out, but that's a big buyout. Plus, they got to figure out what they're doing with Drummond. They're still just not playing Drummond, and mm. he's still just on the team. They have one of the strangest rosters. In terms of the cap and, like, who they're paying, they, they might have the strangest roster in the whole league, I think, right now. Yeah, but if they can figure out a way – obviously, they're going to get rid of Drummond. They've mm-hmm. already said they're not playing him until they can figure out what they're going to do with him. I think he's going to get bought out. Uh, if they can figure out a way to come off Kevin Love, they won't have anybody on their roster making more than $12 million. So That's they nice. will be sort of set up. But again, it's Cleveland. Mm-hmm. No one's going there. So you're going to have to trade for your best player or draft your best player. I mean, you have Colin Sexton, who is your best player right now. I'm just saying, when you're in a situation like Cleveland, getting rid of all this cap space means nothing because no one's trying to sign to play in Cleveland unless yeah. LeBron is going home. That's mm-hmm. your only yeah. chance of getting a free agent. Yeah. So I mean, it does. I mean, it's good in the sense that you, you could comfortably sign your, your best players long. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And you have space but, to get a disgruntled player. If you yeah. want to try to go get, I don't know, who is it now? Victor Oladipo. Mm-hmm. It's sure just, he'd love to be in Cleveland. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just, yeah, they're in a rough, they're in a really rough spot. Um, all right. The other, the two other Eastern Conference pl- playoff level teams that won games tonight. Boston taking advantage of another team that's just taking advantage is a good way to put it. Yeah. I mean, it's just um, 27 they, point blowout. They beat Houston 134, 107. This game is much less about Houston. I mean, excuse me, this game is much less about the Celtics. It's uh, any win's a good win for them because they struggled earlier in the year. And I'll tell you what, too. 
Robert Williams is making it really interesting in terms of whether or not they're going to make a move for a big. Cause they've been one of these teams that anytime a big comes available, it's like, Oh, Boston's interested in Drummond. Boston's interested in Blake Griffin. Robert Williams has been playing some great basketball mm-hmm. and he I just, think- he's big. He, he's, he's, you know what he reminds me of? He reminds me a little bit of Deandre Jordan when Deandre Jordan was younger. I can see that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously I don't watch Boston every night, but I find every time I do see them play, Robert Williams has like great stretches and then like a possession or two or three will jump out at me where he completely falls asleep or like it's all focus with him. It's really interesting. And I don't know how you correct that without, I mean, besides just like playing in the league longer, but like he has the tools to be so good if he had just more focus, it seems like. It's possible. Yeah. I'm with you in that. I watched them play, but I haven't watched all his minutes or anything Mm -hmm. like that. But yeah, I see that. Uh, But he's just, I don't want to say he's better than Tristan Thompson right now, but he's, he does all the same things that Tristan brings to the table, but he's younger and way more athletic. Right. Physically. Yeah. He's probably the superior player right now, but Tristan Thompson's just been around so long as such a professional. Yeah. He's almost, you know, it's almost Daniel Tice has almost been completely eliminated from that rotation, which is probably, I, we talked about this when Marcus smart came back, their best, their best, rotation is four or basically four wings with smart in the lineup with Tatum at the four and then Mm -hmm. a big. So Daniel Tice is an interesting one. Is he on the market? Because I think a lot of teams could use him. I know you don't like him, but I think he's a good player. You mean use him as like bet, like depth, like a backup. Like I just don't see him as a starter on a on a contender. Well, no, he, first of all, starter is relative in the NBA. I mean, the guy getting start big and minutes. play fifteen minutes a game. Look I mean, at guy, look at Frank Kaminsky. Yeah, the point, Suns yeah. would fall apart if Frank Kaminsky wasn't in their starting lineup, but he only plays like eleven minutes a game. Okay, then I mean, a guy getting big minutes. I don't think you're a contender with Daniel Tice playing big minutes. I don't I think just... so either. But I but again, I he doesn't make a ton of money. You could probably play him 15, 20 minutes a game. He's He can shoot the ball. He's mm-hmm. tough. Uh, he's just he's an interesting player if they're not going to play him anymore. If he's yeah. falling out of the rotation, which is understandable because he's not a true five, and Robert Williams looks really good right now. We'll see. I'd, it'd be interesting to see if he would be available. I think a lot of teams would be interested in him. You know what I learned? Robert Williams has one of the best nicknames in the league. Time Lord. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's awesome. You know why? Yeah, because he, he like missed like his first ever like team activity or whatever. Yeah, his press conference. Oh, his press. Yeah, yeah. So who pinned Time Lord on him? That's amazing. I don't know. I don't know. But you know who else loves it? Doris Burke. Man, she calls him Time Lord every time really? I hear her call a game. She's all about the Time Lord name. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, for Houston, man, like what can you what can you say? There, the one positive we're texting about it a little bit is Kevin Porter Jr. They may have gotten a steal with him if he can, you know, just stay the course. If you know, if, if he's matured a little bit, he's learned his lesson from bouncing around a little bit. Who knows? I don't, who knows what the real stories were with at where he was elsewhere. But and he, and he didn't have a great game in this one. But no one, it's just, this team stinks. But he's talented, man. He's yeah. like a legit six seven. He was running the point for them. He mm-hmm. can handle the ball. He's he can score at every level. He's yeah, he he's athletic. Like he, like, he, if, yeah, man. He looks like there's a reason why this kid would have been a lottery pick. He's got this. He's got he's got it. He fell yeah. out because of the off the court and the mentality stuff. But if he can, you know, if if he's grown up even in this little stretch of getting going to the G League and getting traded and all that, maybe they got a steal because he. Mm-hmm. I like I liked watching. I like watching this kid play. He's talented. Me too. He's only twenty. I mean, he could be. In three years, he could be a totally different person, you know. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Steven Silas said that Christian Wood should be back this week. So, God, they've lost 16 in a row. That's brutal. It's brutal. That's brutal. Uh, the, the, the news out of Houston from this weekend that happened, I mean, essentially minutes after we recorded our last episode is that the Rockets – and PJ Tucker are basically it's the Lamarcus Aldridge thing, but in Houston they've essentially agreed he won't play until they can figure out what to do with him. Now here's the thing with with PJ, he's only making seven million dollars in this expiring deal, so he's gone. 
somebody, I mean, it's just a matter of time. If the question becomes, is it a package with Victor Oladipo who is probably not going to be there next year? Is it a one-off? Because if you're the Rockets. The cat is going nuts. Give me a second here. If, if uh, well, I'll just keep talking. But yeah, we're good now. If, uh, if it's just PJ Tucker, he's as good as he is. He's 35 years old and he's on an expiring deal. That's only $7 million. So if you're the Rockets, what could you hope to really get for that guy for, for a 35? I don't think anyone's going to get maybe a first rounder, but like it would have to be so heavily protected because I just don't know. Maybe, maybe like a couple second rounders. I, I just don't, because money wise, get- you're not going to get a player, but it's a $7 million expiring deal. You're not going to get back a comparable $7 million a year guy on an expiring deal. So you got to be looking for picks. Mm-hmm. But- Here's why I think they can get a first for him. Probably yeah, protected. But if you are Boston, Philly, Miami, like you are looking for pieces that can help you beat the Nets in the playoffs. And this is well, a guy be the that Nets too. It could be the Nets. That dude. would be because well, yeah. so because the Nets, the Nets can't make any more deals, but it's only 7 million. They can make a deal for a 7 million, like for 7 mm-hmm. million. And if you're the Nets, you give them whatever first round pick you want. Cause you're going to be in the finals every year. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. So then that drives his price up for a team like Boston or Philly. Somebody's like, okay, one, we can't let him go to the Nets. And two, we can't let him go to our competitors. We're trying to get better. We're trying to make a run at it this year. Like, let's just go get him. Um, I think he gets a first protected or he goes for a first. Well, and then the question is, is he just packaged? You know, is it a, or is it going to be a thing where they're trying to figure out the, the, what's the, what team's going to give them the most value for Oladipo and PJ Tucker? Yeah. But also, it seems like there's a lot of teams calling them for Eric Gordon because any team that's any, com- any competitive team would like to have him. He he'd be a great scoring option for any team. Uh, I don't know what's up with Daniel house, but I, I'm assuming he's not going to play for them very much anymore. Mm-hmm. It's just a, it's a disaster, man. It's a disaster. It's just, it's gotta be one of the worst starts for a head coach ever. I think I mean, I can't think of one worse. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there's been some pretty there's bad so ones. Many things. Well, I'll, I'll tell you. Well, yeah, that cat is going crazy. Yeah. Um, his dad had a pretty bad start, but it wasn't his first head coaching job when we won seven games in Charlotte. That was not a good. That was not a good situation. Pretty rough. But that wasn't his first time ever coaching. Like this is yeah. Silas's first. It's. Oh, what what a mess for that guy. That stinks. It really does. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything. Which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcast. Uh, all right, Chicago, they bounced back. I think they lost their last game. Um, but again, they, they beat Toronto 118-95. Toronto's still without basically their entire roster other than Kyle Lowry. So, this is brutal. I mean, the Raptors, I mean, Raptors didn't start out well, and then they got hot, and now this is hitting them really horrible time not that there's a good time to get like devastated by covid but this is their 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 big three well three of their four best players are i mean what are you supposed to do yeah and how about this you know what's interesting here is norm powell back-to-back 30-point games Mm, and like efficient 30-point games we're only 10 we're 10 days away from the trade deadline that's another guy Mm -hmm. i would i would give up a first round pick for a guy who could get do that yeah. Yeah. Anytime he does get minute, I mean, he, he's a good player. He's a, he's a perfect type of like score off the bench type. Guy. I'm wondering if there's going to be more activity than we thought. Like, it seems yeah, like, like low level activity or, yeah, but it like, just seems like, you know, like you said, it's kind of like this Eastern conference arms race. Now it's mm-hmm. every team that thinks they have a chance to compete. Are they all going to be trying to go scoop up these, these mid tier 
fringe guys who can help them out to try to compete with because everyone now is building to try to beat Brooklyn. Yeah. And if everyone's being honest with themselves, they know we need more if we're going to beat this team in the playoffs. So, yeah, but, and I would, I'd be calling whether any of these guys are on the table or not, I'd be calling Masai Ujiri every day because Mm -hmm. it seems like this team's headed towards a rebuild, but you just, who knows? Right. It's just, they're such, they're in such a weird spot because of the contracts they've handed out recently, you know? Yeah. Not really in rebuilding mode contract wise. Yep. For the Bulls, I mean, it was a blowout. So guys, more guys got minutes, but they had nine guys in double figures. Wow. I mean, this is what, remember, I forget you just mentioned, mentioned them. by the way, Billy Donovan, interestingly for this team, is that they've been playing well, but they did lose either their last, definitely their last game, maybe their last couple. I don't remember exactly what it was. He benched Kobe White and Wendell Carter and wow. put Thaddeus Young and Sadoransky in the starting lineup. It's a strong move, man. I've always liked Billy Donovan. Um, but yeah, the, remember what, like the Hawks just edged they had a one point win over this depleted Raptors team. Like this is what, if you're the Bulls and you're trying to, you know, make your way in the East, this is what you have to do. Just handle this team that's totally depleted, you know? Yeah. Get, give yourself an easy win when they're, when they're there. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's a, some good win, good bounce back for the Bulls. Uh, all right, let's hit the last few games. Um, Utah, it, this is getting interesting with Utah. So Utah lost Sunday to the Warriors, 131-119. They've lost four of their last six, and their two wins in that stretch were Houston and Orlando. Wow. So they've That's lost four, good. and their defense – Seem their defense, which has been a staple of this team for years, hundred in those four losses, they're averaging one hundred and twenty-eight points to opponents. That's not good. The other crazy thing is like there's no injury or anything to tie this to. They've been healthy. They're the exact same team. They've been remarkably healthy the whole year, to be honest. Yeah. Um. So maybe it's a case of they were super hot, and this is more of who we thought they were. Yeah. We need that. We we need that. Dennis was that Dennis Rhodes or something to. They are who we thought they were. The Cardinals coach who freaked out. Dennis. uh, Now I don't remember. It wasn't Rhodes. (laughs) No, I'm thinking of, I'm combining Ray Rhodes and Dennis. Somebody. I will think of it. Yeah. Uh, This is a basketball podcast after all. (laughs) Um, I think Jordan Clarkson has sort of cooled off a little bit. Yeah, the moment I bought his top shot card, he, he cooled off, which sucks. And just defensively, again, we're talking about as much as we love Mike Conley, he's a little older. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you're playing Bogdanovich and Joe Ingles a lot of minutes. Like you just play, Donovan Mitchell's never been known as this great defensive player. They're a good defensive team, but a lot of that stems from <laughs> fucking Rudy Gobert yeah, 20, 28 rebounds. <laughs> I just saw that too. <laughs> I mean, ridiculous. good God, and they got beat bad. Mm-hmm. Just they're they're regressing. They were started to regress before All Star break. They're still a good team, but. They're not like that. There was a lot of people starting and even us, we were talking yeah, about how yeah, we were starting to wonder if this was legit. And they're mm-hmm. now, I mean, they're losing when they, they're beating bad teams and losing the good teams, which is not a recipe for being a deep playoff team. Yeah. And we're not even convinced the Warriors are a super good, like even a, <laughs> the Warriors are a solid team. We're on the fence about being good. The one thing just from watching the highlights of this game is, um, Wiseman gave them really good minutes tonight and yeah. it's probably not fair because of how young he is, but like, if this team is going to be, you know, may, you know, win a game or win a round or two in the playoffs, like he has to be a factor for them. Cause he's just so talented. He's just not ready yet. Yeah. Well, it looks like, and it sounds like Steve Kerr is, is putting him back into the rotation after that fourth quarter, they mm-hmm. asked him about it after last game. And he basically said like, you know, you, when you're a young guy in the league, you got to learn responsibility and you got to learn in it and he's like i like it looks like he get he was pissed he looks like he went out there and he was pissed and he's you know ready to you mm-hmm. know take it it sort of was the gist of it i'm not that's right. not a quote but uh so i guess maybe he saw something in that fourth quarter that he was like all right it's time to get this guy back in the rotation and now he's he's had five straight quarters of playing pretty good basketball it is yeah. huge for them especially because i pulled two of the same James Wiseman Ooh, top James shots Wiseman. this weekend. So, Huge. Um, I mean, look, 
ultimately, if you're going to let Andrew Wiggins have 28 on 12, 16 from the field, you're going to lose. You're, you're just going to lose. Yeah. It, that's just what it is. I mean, because Steph did what he does. Draymond had another triple-double with only 11 points. But 28 points for Andrew Wiggins, you're losing that game. Yeah. And who are the guys primarily tasked with guarding Andrew Wiggins? Bogdanovich and Joe Ingles. Mm-hmm. That, you know what I yeah, mean? And, and Royce O'Neal, who's a good defender, but it's – come on. I, mean, we, I think he's gotten a little bit over – he's a good player. He's become a little overrated because he's playing for a team with the best record in the NBA. He's, he's a replacement level player. Like he's not a guy. I don't think that is starting on a championship team. He's no, a good player. Not, yeah. Not a starter on a championship team for sure. But he's, but he, but he would be, if this team is going to be a playoff, a championship team, he's starting. I mean, he's the guy, yeah. he's a good shooter. He's a good shooter and he's a good defender, but I don't know, man. I think he's gotten a little, because earlier in the year, people were talking about how good he was defensively and he's good, but it's a little pump the brakes a little, I think. Mm-hmm. Another yeah, guy who's guys, probably reg- regressing a little bit too. Yeah. You know, so we'll see, we'll see what happens with the jazz, but they got to start beating some good teams um, or else, you know, what's going to happen. You know, what's going to happen. Uh, bash on them pretty bad. No, Phoenix is going to oh, okay. jump them and, <laughs> Oh, and your bold prediction will be correct. Yep. Uh, all right. Another, another team that um, is starting to look, look better at least defensively pelicans Mm. they won two in a row last game was against i want to say it was against the Cavs or somebody and they held them to 80 points but they held the clippers to 115 but really it was 115 but it was such a blowout that the clippers scored late in the game um they're start that's two in a row now that their defense has looked really good uh this is a. This is if the, if they start to turn things around defensively, they're a scary team because mm-hmm. we know they have no problems uh, offensively. I'm just I'm not sold yet. I mean, so it was again they they absolutely destroy Cleveland over the weekend, and then this is like we've seen the Clippers do this so often. You know, they lose the first quarter big, and then they kind of mail it in the rest of the game. Yeah. So, well, this has uh, been our issue with with the yeah with the Clippers. Yeah. So I'm just saying for the Pelicans, this is moving in the right direction. I'm just, I mean, it's not enough yet for me to be like, they're turning it around defensively, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that's fair. That's fair. But it is, it's still the Clippers at full yeah. strength. Yeah. So, you know, uh, Lonzo ball. I was thinking about this during the game. Do you think there's any level that of that, how good Lonzo ball is this year? Do you think any level of that is because of Lamella? Yes, I wouldn't be. Yeah. I, I think that's possible. You think there's some, competition in his mind where it's like people are touting his younger brother as one of the best point guards we've seen in a very long time in this league. And he's like, Hey guys, I'm, I'm here too. Yeah. I I don't think it's undeniable that like different sources of motivation will make a guy play better or worse. You know what I mean? And the combination of his brother lighting the world on fire and didn't he feel disrespected with his contract? Not disrespected, but um you know, he wanted a like, I think he's deal, playing right? to get a deal. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. think so, he has a deal. Yeah. He's the combination of the two is probably fueling him playing out of his mind. You know, he looks so good. He looks yeah. so, so good. Like he's yeah. really, really shaping into one. You know, the way I said that LaMelo could be the perfect point guard for the NBA on a, on a less upside level, Lonzo is becoming that as well. Mm-hmm. Because uh, he just does a little bit of everything, and he's shooting the ball really well. But he's also six 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 seven, and he can defend. Yeah, it's just, this is such a good example of like these guys come into the league so damn young that mm-hmm. our opinion can change of them so quickly. He's only twenty three, like you know, maybe he's just now becoming the player that he's he's going to well, be the rest of his way. It's also the way he reworked his shot. It's sort of unheard. Yeah, of. I mean he that's went, huge, but it's perfect. But, right, the shot so, is just like mechanically perfect. But to do that, like, I mean, it's just not shocking for a guy to do that between ages 19 and 23, you know? Like, I just a know, I, it's a little shocking I mean, for this dramatically. Yeah, this dramatically. I mean, he was shooting the ball from the left side of his face. It was, <laughs> it was pretty gross. Yeah. We don't see a lot of guys really, we see guys change their shot. We don't see them becoming 40% three point shooters after yeah. that. So uh, it's, yeah, pretty remarkable stuff from him. 
this year, and these guys look good. Uh, Brendan Ingram looked really good. He only had to take 12 shots. He had 23 points, and he he looked kind of unstoppable at points in this one too. Um, Jackson Hayes had a top shot dunk. That was I nice. just bought a Jackson Hayes top shot dunk. I got his first moment. It's very cheap on there, but if there's another one, I'll buy that too. I'm so addicted. Yeah. Really bad. <laughs> uh, yeah. I was I was pretty drunk the other night, and I was like, Jackson Hayes' first moment is twenty dollars. Yeah, I'm buying this. It's just <laughs> so bad right now. My uh my Victor Oladipo moment that I pulled this weekend, like the low ask right now is like 70 bucks. Yeah. I would pull the trigger. Cause it's all part of that challenge thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the marketplace is, keeps going like it yeah. keeps going up and down. Like with, every time I go on there to try to put it up for sale, it's not, the marketplace is not open. Right. Um, I think the only other game today that we haven't hit yet was the OKC Memphis game. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I mean, who cares? Bad loss for Memphis. Uh, especially because OKC is just like throwing a G league team out there at this point. They're Mm. they're getting to that point in the year where they're just, they're throwing these guys out there that I legitimately have never heard of. Um, This guy, Alexi Poku, Pokusevsky. I know Mm. OKC fans have been really high on him. He's the guy. Remember I, I sent you that, um, that clip a couple weeks ago of a G league game where the guy was standing out of bounds and he had his hands up and oh, yeah. his teammate thought he was at calling for the ball and he just yeah. threw it to him. That's yeah. this guy. Oh, that was literally him. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've seen it. I mean, he's he was the it. one standing out of bounds with his hands up. Okay. And I hate this. This is like kind of, this is me. Like, this guy doesn't look well. He's so thin. He's so <laughs> unbelievably thin that I like worry about him. I don't know, but yeah. you know, they've then, got all these guys that can, you they know, started it, a guy named Moses Brown, who I've heard of the other guy. I've legitimately never heard of Moses Brown. Don't know anything no, about I've, never heard of him. It's this team. There's so many similarities to like the, the Sixers of five or six years ago when Christian Wood and Jeremy Grant were on that same roster getting minute. Mm-hmm. You know, you just don't know who of these guys on this roster are going to be legitimate players. You know, like I'll guarantee any of them. I don't think any of them have the upside of those two guys. Well, you wouldn't have said that at the time. Look, I mean, like, yeah, that's true. At that time, you so it's tough, man. And if Sam Presti can pluck the one or two guys that are actual long-term NBA players and, and stick with them, good for him. But I mean, he's yeah. got to be so damn frustrated that they have 17 wins already. It's kind of hilarious. Yeah, you got to think, right? It's just that's not they're not going according to plan. No, no. And their coach is doing a hell of a job. I I don't even I don't remember his last name. Ber- da- Dagnalt. Dagnalt. Oh, geez. Dagnalt. Dagnalt. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Bad loss for the for the Grizzlies who had started mm-hmm. to play really well, uh, but I guess these these kind of games just happen. Um. All right. The I think we hit we hit the PJ Tucker thing. I'm just trying to recap from the weekend if there's anything we missed. We hit the Joel Embiid thing. We hit the PJ Tucker thing. The biggest story to me and the best story probably of the whole year at this point is Karis Levert making his debut on Saturday for the Pacers. And they beat the Suns. Uh, He looks a little slow, which is to be expected, but he's scoring. He scored the ball. Um, But for those, obviously, I think most people know by now what his story is. But Karis Levert, when he was traded from the Nets, to the Pacers, they found a mass on his kidney that turned out to be cancer and he had surgery to remove it. And a lot of people probably didn't even think he was going to play this year. We didn't. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it just kind of out of nowhere Friday, they're like Karis Levert playing on Sunday making his season debut. It's unbelievable. It is. What, what a story. I know. And for the Pacers, like it's just, this makes me think the Pacers are super dangerous again because I'm honestly wondering, you know, the only reason they caught this is because of a physical, because he was traded. Right. So -hmm. like he wasn't feeling any ill effects from it. You know, it wasn't like it, like they caught it ahead of time before it could really damage his body. Right. So the only ill effects he's probably feeling are from the surgery to remove it. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, it's not like somebody he's coming back from this injury that, you know, depleted his body or anything. So if he comes back and is, the same player he was at the beginning of the year, this Pacers team is really good again. So 
Yeah, no, uh, it's for exciting. sure. I just, I think we both, when the trade happened, I think both of us were kind of before, obviously he had the surgery and we weren't sure what his future was. I think I'll, both of us and maybe not the only ones were like, he's better than old depot, right? Yeah. Now. Houston, what are you doing? Um, just in terms of, you know, we saw him with Brooklyn put like, put up 40 point games and mm-hmm. guy the seems like a guy who could, were... looks like a guy who could easily average 25 a game when he's mm-hmm. healthy. And now he's going to be, I mean, you would think him and he's probably going to be that one of their primary scoring options. Yeah. hundred point forward. He... I mean, Brogdon's obviously still up there with, and it's a bonus and then we'll see. And then they still don't have TJ Warren. Jeremy Lamb is hurt. Like, yeah, they are super dangerous mm-hmm. when everybody gets healthy. If they all get healthy, but even yeah, with LeBert, yeah. you know, he just so got to play. Are, no, I don't think he looks slow because he's probably just out of shape because he's played. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and he had a once surgery. he plays his way back into shape. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. dangerous team, and I mean to beat the Suns. That it, to, this is a piece of news or a development that really actually changes the East pretty significantly because I did I thought the Pacers were gonna have a very difficult chance time making the playoffs or the top eight seed I should say I didn't think they'd slip out but now I I've got them ahead of the Hawks I think they're definitely better than the Knicks I think they're better than the Hornets um, they're better than all those teams yes right everything has to come it. together but. I didn't think that uh, when I, during the time I assumed Levert was out the rest of the year. So, well, yes, for sure. Yeah. I mean, losing Oladipo and then potentially not having Levert would have made them a, probably a borderline playoff team, mm-hmm. but having Levert makes them a top five team for yeah. sure. Top five or six team. That changes the East a lot to me. It does. I still don't think that this team gets out of the first round. Probably not. Yeah, they'd have to. I mean, it would be well. Actually, my I don't box know, man. prediction. If I, they get, we, I think this happens every time we talk about them. Do we know what's going on with TJ Warren? No. I mean, I, I, let me check right now. He missed. It's he his had, foot. It's and these foot injuries are always so tricky. He had surgery in December, December thirty first, and the article from December thirty first that he's expected to miss a significant portion of the regular season. It looks like the last update was February 27th. And at that point he was believed to be months away. So, so they may, they probably won't have him back this year. Yeah. Or maybe so that sucks. Got, you know, yeah. And, and again, how's he going to come back from a year off too? Right. You know? With a foot injury. So, I mean, maybe it's just, he can give them something come playoff time and it's all gravy, but it's definitely nothing they can count on. And another unfortunate thing for them Obviously, you can't control the injury, but when they traded for TJ Warren, like the best thing about one of the best things about TJ Warren is that he had one of the best contracts in the NBA. Mm-hmm. He's only making $11 million. Wow. But now, awesome. next year is the last year of his deal. So he's going to come back next year off of a year off. Really, he got hurt in the bubble. Mm-hmm. Now he's an entire year off, but he's going to be looking to get paid. Right. Because he was playing the best basketball of his career in exactly. the bubble. Exactly. So then, what do you do? Pacers don't seem like the type of team who just max guys out like that, you know, small yeah. market team. So yeah. that'll be an interesting situation for them. And I don't know that they, I mean, if they had him, man, that's a dangerous team. Mm-hmm. Brogdon, Levert, and Warren. Whew. I mean, we take, haven't even talked about right, the front right, take, court. take yeah. the front court out of the equation. I'm just saying as a, like last year when they played the heat in the first round, I went on a local radio network down here and they asked me about you know is there anything about the pacers that worry you in terms of the heat and my big thing heading into the playoffs was you know if brogdon old depot and tj warren and i didn't even talk about sabonis and miles turner i just said if those three guys and this was old depot not lavert who we know i think lavert at this point has a higher upside as a scorer i was like if those three guys are at the peak of their game how do you stop them? That's a, a one of the most pot- potent one, two, three, just scoring backcourt trios that there is just flat out in terms of scoring, not all around basketball, mm-hmm. but just scoring the ball. That's a tough trio to now you have, you put Laverde into that. If they add all three of those guys, man, that would be a tough out for any team. Mm-hmm. They're going to score a ton of points. 
Then you have Brogdon, who's a lockdown defender, and Miles Turner, who's a great rim protector. So just like he, and then still haven't even talked about Sabonis. Yeah, just pieces. Well, that makes me feel better about my my bold prediction about Milwaukee. Like I, that would be a very interesting first round series. I think I think the Pacers could win that series. I probably wouldn't bet it, but I think yeah, they could. I don't know that they would, but I think they could. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. We'll see. Um, that's a, I think that's it. Did we miss anything? Was there anything else from the weekend? Uh, NBA uh, Thunder traded Hamadou Diallo. That was oh, weird. yeah. That, that yeah. Was they, Thunder traded Hamadou Diallo for Svi, I can't pronounce the dude's Svi name. Mikhail, Svi Mikhailuk, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. Well, that's pretty cool. I think that is how you say it. Um, and a 2027 second round pick. Bizarre. I mean, that just had to be a locker room thing, or I don't know what. I mean, Svi is a good shooter, which they don't have a ton of on that roster, but also. Like, does it matter? What are you trying to accomplish? Hamadou Diallo was playing really good this year. Yeah, he's only 22. Uh, that could be a steal, steal for for Detroit. Yeah, I think um, it could be. He's a really good player. I mean, not a really good player, but he has really high upside. Freak, yeah. right? Wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Didn't he win the dunk contest? Last he year, might have won it last year. year. Yeah, but no, last yeah. year was Derek Jones. Uh, he was in it for sure, yeah, but he was, he was also like a super high recruit out of high school, right? And mm-hmm. so played at Kentucky. Yeah. Uh, but he seemed to be starting to put the game together a little bit this year. So weird. I don't know what. It's just a weird it's deal. So strange. Weird deal. I don't, I mean, Svi is not young either because he played four years. No, at, I think he's tw- at, at least 25. Uh, I don't even know how to search his name. because Actually, he's, he's 23. He's 23. This is not super. Oh, I thought he was 25. Yeah. I thought he was a little older than that because I thought he played four years at Kansas. Yeah. It's just um, like, you know, you know, he's looking... shooting, he's a career 37% three point shooter. Uh, but like, you know, he played, he's been playing in Detroit. So again, it's one of those situations where it's like a guy like this, he's getting a lot more opportunity to shoot the ball on an awful team. Mm-hmm. What do you know? Like, right. Well, yeah. And they're, they're a year apart. And like, if you're the thunder, all you care about is upside. Like who has more upside? It's, it's pretty clear to me. But. Yeah. Diallo seems like a, a potential like lockdown defender mm-hmm. just from his athleticism. Yeah. Maybe they know some, I mean, obviously they know more about him than we do. It just, it just struck me as a weird. Yeah. I didn't understand timing that. and a weird deal. Great. I, I love it for Detroit. Yeah, those are the the darts you want to throw, you know, when you're trying to dig yourself out of a dog shit situation. So good for yeah. them. It's I've also was reading over the weekend that a lot of teams are tr- like have been calling Detroit trying to get Jeremy Grant. Yeah, the Celtics are like want him really bad, is what I saw. But I can't imagine like that no. that, that Detroit would even consider that, right? No, I mean, I guess I, it depends I, on what you can get, but I would need like basically a guaranteed lottery pick. And more, you know, like that's where we start for Jeremy yeah. Grant. If I'm Detroit, it seems weird. It seems like, it seems like Danny. There was that report. I think last. I don't know that we ever talked about it, but that like an uh, an anonymous executive said that Danny Ainge is not gonna pull the trigger on a trade unless he knows he's crushing you. That mm-hmm. seems like another one of these right. scenarios where he's like calling a desperate team, being like, "No, we can make this deal." Mm-hmm. You will like, well. He's like we just trying to a- Jedi mind trick them. Like you will trade us, Jeremy Grant. Right. And Detroit's like, look, we we just uh, we got hammered for this contract, and now it looks brilliant. So fuck off. Like, yeah. This is one of the very few things Detroit has done right recently. You know. Yeah. I feel like Danny Ainge. I don't know that he'll ever get fired up there, but if this team struggles, it doesn't go deep. Like if they get knocked out in the first round or something, he could be in trouble. I I don't think. I guess Brad Stevens could be in trouble too, but mm-hmm. I do. Well, it helps that their two big guns are so young, but you're right. Yeah. Like, well, but, but they've also, they are young. They've been to the Eastern conference finals already. These two guys, yes. yeah. you know, with, with, without Kemba Walker, mm-hmm. but it was Terry Rose here. That's that. How bad does that look right now? For, yeah. For them. And I just, and we've said it a lot. The, the Celtics roster construction outside of, those guys isn't very good. It's just not. And, you know, and, uh, and only- then, and like we all crushed uh, Charlotte for giving Gordon Hayward that big deal. I think mm-hmm. Gordon, they, they could probably use Gordon Hayward right now. Definitely. Like, yeah. A lot of decisions that Danny Ainge has made outside of 
three incredible draft picks, right? Mm-hmm. With Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Marcus Smart. Uh, every other decision is starting to look pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Kyrie Irving didn't work. Traded Terry Rozier for Kemba, who probably, probably we've seen his best years already. And Terry Rozier looks like he's just coming into his prime as a stud, mm-hmm. at least a stud scorer. Like nothing really seems to have worked out for Danny Ainge. Trading Al Horford, moving on from Al Horford, who was kind of like the the engine for their offense when he was there, and their defense, the anchor of their defense. Yeah, too. just like nothing seems to. Mm-hmm. It doesn't doesn't seem like any of his decisions have worked out no. other than drafting those guys. And this supporting cast right now is just mediocre at best. At best, yeah. well, it's a lot of young guys. Yeah, you're not gonna, you're not going deep in the playoffs with a really young supporting cast. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll see. And I don't see them. I just it's hard for me to envision them going super deep this year, especially the way every team in the East seems to be loading up and getting better. Yeah. So still my gut says they have something big. I don't think they're going to get Jeremy Grant, but something that we're not even considering. We'll see 10 days, got 10 yeah. days. Mm-hmm. So you're going to be out. You're going to be on vacation. at the deadline. Yes. I've got a vacation. Going to the poke, the poke nose. Must be nice. It's going to be a hoot. Yeah. Uh, all right. I think that's it. Yep. Good show. Yeah. Good weekend recap weekend. Good Monday deuce. Mm-hmm. You need a good deuce to start off your week, you know? Yeah. All right. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Later. Later.